This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Durant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> hey, Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go again. <laughs> so, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Ennis Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Ennis Cantor, and you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Hey. Welcome to Thunderbutts. Name <laughs> <laughs> it that. So good. Um, I was telling Ham that I don't know if I'm going to be really excited after this conversation or just incredibly sad the rest of the day. Because I'm taking all of this stuff way too personally, probably. Thinking what? The, the podcast name? No, 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 the topic, the topic. What's the, the topic? The what ifs, the what if topic. Oh, the what ifs, oh, right, okay. The, the time machine topic. Hi, Royce, welcome hey, to guys. our conversation. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read the memo, I read the company memo, don't worry, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm up to snuff. Okay. All right, cool. Hey. Um, Wait, guys, give me, give me one second, my headphones are being weird, I'm going to get other ones. Okay. Yeah, Am I getting any? Are you hearing any echo from me or anything, Andrew? No, you sound all right. Okay. I didn't put my headphones on, but I was going to avoid doing it if I had to. No, I can hear you. Okay. Okay. So, last night, my son lost his second tooth, mm. and so when he lost his first tooth, he said, "Man, I really hope that." The tooth fairy will bring me chocolate coins. And I said, I was like, all right, I can do this. I can get chocolate coins. And so I went to Walgreens (laughs) and I got chocolate coins. Easy enough. So he loses his second tooth last night. I think I'm going to put him to bed and I'm going to go get some chocolate coins. There's there's no chocolate coins anywhere. I went to like, (laughs) I went to like eight stores and there are no chocolate coins. A lot of kids lost teeth apparently. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is what kids want. Um, where did you keep the chocolate coins? Like, where did he? Uh... I have no idea. I have no idea where that idea came from. Um, so I ended up getting at Walgreens. They have those like chocolate balls that are wrapped in like gold. They're wrapped in gold. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what those are. I can't even remember what they're called. Um, but I ended up ended up getting those. Spread there yet? Or is he still? Rummaging around still, for headphones. Still rummaging. Okay. I'm I'm power reading this Lee Jenkins uh, story. I'm loving this Jerry West quote right now. What's oh, that? that Jerry didn't realize that it would. I, I don't know if he so- or if he just like uh, if he just like has uh, Alzheimer's or like what it is like. <laughs> <laughs> What's the quote? Remember what you did, Jerry? <laughs> yeah. What's so that? I. Uh, 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 I forget the exact quote, but basically he was talking about it. how I couldn't, I couldn't resist. 
Yeah. Um, he basically gosh. says, I don't like parody. I don't like the word parody. Parody is average, and I like to see excellence, but I also like to see competition. I read the newspaper cover to cover every morning. Even though I don't bet, I look at the lines in Las Vegas. We were underdogs in one game this year. We were favored in game two of the conference finals by 15 points. That's insane. It's not what anybody wants to see. Uh, skip ahead. If you're a real fan at a playoff game, you want to see a hard-fought battle back and forth, and at the end, at the end, somebody wins by a point, you go home worn out. You're charged. You're edgy. But we're up by 30-something, and I'm thinking, hmm, I'd like to leave it here if I could. It's the weirdest thing. I've never felt that way before. Huh. Meanwhile, hey, Kevin Durant, come join the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. That is so weird. Like, I was in, uh, I, I was at Vegas Summer League last year. You know, after July 4th, obviously. And I'm back, standing. by the way. I'm good to go. Oh, Sorry for cutting you off, Chad. That's fine. That's fine. I was just getting ready to talk about how Jerry West walked past me in Vegas. And, like, I was too in awe to, like, shout at him about what he had done. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it, Jerry! You ruined my life. Did, did, didn't feel like, you know, verbally assaulting a 79-year-old man in Las Vegas <laughs> who's an NBA legend. <laughs> Oh man, Fred, how's how's New York? Uh, it's good. You know, the city lived without me; it survived. Well, that's man. Well, that's great. Good for New York. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, any of you guys going to be here on June twenty sixth? Uh, hoping to be. I haven't. I haven't been approved myself. They still haven't sent out credential stuff. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know what the media setup is for it. It's ridiculous how slow they are on this stuff. It's like they got the NBA Finals going on or something. <laughs> well, you know what? It's not like they just decided to organize this. They've known this for a while. It seems like a very easy thing to be like, all right, let's create a form to send out for credentials and front end it. So we do it before we're busy with the NBA finals so that people who work at small newspapers don't have to book flights to New York on four days in advance. <laughs> You know, small market whining once again. <laughs> do you think that this award show is something that they'll keep doing? Or do you think that it's, I don't know, I just, it felt really weird. I not think having it's going to be one of those, playoffs. I think it's going to be one of those things where in like 2028, 20, we're going to be like, remember when the NBA did that horrible awards show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think they intended for this to be an annual thing because it's another revenue stream and Adam Silver um, likes money. He, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but Adam Silver really likes money. M- money is good. Money's good. Hey, I don't like money. Then he should change his name to Adam Gold. Am I right? Good <laughs> <laughs> boy. Uh, Fred's got, here. Can we can we get rid of Fred? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Fred. You was well, let's get let's get started. Uh, before we get started, I want to tell everybody about our sponsor, Anchor Down. Go check out Anchor Down today. They're in downtown Oklahoma City in Deep Deuce off 2nd Street. Fantastic corn dogs. They're known to be a corn dog restaurant. They're also a bar. They're open late. So if you're looking for a late night spot that still serves food, Anchor Down is your place. They're also a really great place for lunch. They've got burgers. They've got the corn dogs I mentioned. They've got these pizza tots that are just so good. And they have also have a salad. They actually have two salads. They're both incredible. So if you're looking for a good salad, good lunch spot, go check out Anchor Down. You can sit on their patio at night. It's just ridiculous right now. So good. Um, so go get a beer and a corn dog or pizza tots or a salad 
and check out Anchor Down today. Let's do it. Is that the intro music? I thought I was just going to do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Thunderbutts. Do, 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 do. Oh, wrong music, sorry. Uh, welcome to the uh, Thunder Hoops Hoops Show. We don't have a name for it yet. Um, I'm Andrew Schlecht. With me today, John Hamm. Speak, speak, hey, what's John. going on? Uh, Royce I'm, I'm speaking now. I'm speaking now. Uh, Fred Katz, speak. Uh, hello. <laughs> or hold your peace. So, the topic for today's show is Sam Presti time machine so if you could go back in time and tell sam presti one thing about the future of the thunder and he would and then of course change what he's going to do what would it be john ham please start okay so i i can only pick one thing right i can't i think i can't we'll, go down my we'll discuss a lot of things but it, give us one thing the one thing that i would do <clears throat> I, I would get in my hot tub time machine, go back to June of 2010, and say, hey, Sam, heads up. Uh, the league is going to screw you on KD's extension. So put, like, hard actual numbers, negotiate that. Don't leave it as a, as a percentage because that will come back to bite you. And what, what would that in turn change for the Thunder? So the, the story's been told um, by others a lot better than I could possibly tell it. But essentially, uh, in 2010, the Thunder and Durant agreed to an extension that did not take effect until after the NBA lockout. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was a season, there was a lockout, we came out of the lockout. And out of the lockout came this new Derrick Rose rule that if players met certain criteria, their rookie extensions got bumped up. And the league went back and said, oh, you know what? Kevin Durant's contract qualifies, so we're going to just change this. And it bumped up his contract an additional $15 million. Not that he wasn't you know, deserving of it, obviously, um, but like it's a rule that you know the Thunder front office wasn't aware of at the time they did that extension. They negotiated it out of Russell Westbrook's extension. So it tacked on an, an additional $15 million over the five years. Um, the Thunder rightly through a fit the league realized they erred and gave them back like half of the money from that but did not adjust their salary cap so essentially the thunder were operating with a slightly lower luxury tax line than the rest of the league during that time i think i think that's a very ham answer that's like the most john ham answer ever here's mine it's the most important (laughs) it's very important i'm telling you if 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 the Thunder had an additional two three million dollars to play with each year during you know Durant's extension, uh, they could have done some different things. And I guess and the league did you know reimburse. Man, I'm getting called like crazy. Um, <laughs> well, like, do you guys ever have it? Uh, I don't know how my phone rings on my laptop, but it does. I don't know yes. how it does or oh, why. Yeah. It does. Oh yeah. <laughs> and like my phone's on silent, but my laptop keeps ringing. Anyway, continue on with the podcast. <laughs> Here's mine. I would go back to February 2009, and I would whisper into Sam Presti's ear, Tyson Chandler's toe is going to be fine. (laughs) Do not rescind the trade, because that changes 
everything. The Mavs can't win the championship then. The Thunder bring in this veteran leader at center. Uh, they keep Jeff Green in the deal, and so they can flip him for something else. Or they can keep him, as uh, some local people think that he's the key to championships. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it changes everything for the Thunder, and I think that they win a title if Tyson Chandler is their center going forward. And I think if they win a title in OKC, I think that changes everything about this team. Uh, and that's with your, your lineup is something like Russ, Harden, Durant, Ibaka, Tyson Chandler, which is just completely stupid. That's a good one. With that's kind of, I was Nanat Herstatch off the bench. Yeah, bring in Nanat, <laughs> six man Nanat. Wait, who who thinks who thinks that Jeff Green was the key to championships? Oh, Fred! Oh my gosh! Yeah, this is a conversation that I've had to endure. <laughs> it's a, that that essentially. Trading Jeff Green for Kendrick Perkins was a bad move because the Thunder could have become the Warriors be- before the Warriors became the Warriors. Well, that would be well, uh, what the Warriors Jeff Green. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just yeah, you, you have to squint between Jeff and Draymond Green to see the difference between yeah. the two. They're basically the same player. Yeah, just because they have the same last name does not make them similar players. Right. <laughs> Royce, what do you got? Yeah, Jeff. Jeff's been I a negative player I the I did have that one on my list. I had the uh, I had the Rose Rule on my list. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think within kind of the same same thing, like John referenced, um, you know, to tell Sam Presti that there's going to be a salary cap spike, uh, that would that would have mm-hmm. been the critical information to have uh, at hand when when he decided to trade James Harden. If he would have had that, then things might have looked. Um, somewhat different here's what i would tell him though so like i just tell him kevin durant's gonna leave <laughs> like yeah it, it like that would have changed a lot of things uh for presty last season and like you know i think one of the things that and presty i think has even said this publicly but like they were four minutes from the finals and even if you told presty that kevin's gonna leave um i think presty's like i'm gonna take that chance at those four minutes from getting to the finals and probably being favored in a series against cleveland so mm-hmm. yeah. i mean you know, a lot of people can kind of look at that and say it's a what if. Like, what if you just would have traded Durant? You know, if you knew he was going to leave, that would have helped you. Uh, but, you know, also at the same time, you're four minutes from getting to the finals, and that's a chance worth taking. Do you say Kevin Durant's leaving, or do you say double Clay Thompson in game six? Yeah. I would say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like um, throw uh throw kevin durant's cell phone in the toilet or something so the dream on green can't text him after game six right <laughs> or you tell him in 2012 draft Draymond green instead of perry jones and then you just oh man you could you Draymond could what if that draft oh my gosh there's so many great what ifs in the draft i mean just the rodney hood what if is just the most like simple straightforward one that everybody loves to, to point at but like that's a great what if like what if you had rodney hood instead of uh the ghost of mitch mcgarry <laughs> If you have, what if you had something instead of nothing? That would be great. <laughs> yeah, what if you had a good player instead of not a player at all, <laughs> or just like a, a couple bongs and uh, <laughs> snakes? Is what, it the is it the one. ghost of Mitch McGarry or like the smoke of Mitch McGarry, like the <laughs> haze of Mitch McGarry, <laughs> the stank Billowing of McGarry, <laughs> um, the, the Doritos of Mitch McGarry? <laughs> Fred, did you do you have one? 
Well, I did, but Royce just reeled off like seven in a row. Sorry. So, uh, <laughs> nice, be, nice be teamwork. Nice teamwork there. I, I was I was planning on saying the Harden one, and then I was like, well, if one of you guys say say Harden because that's a really obvious one, then yeah, then I'll say then I'll say then I'll say Mitch McGarry. But <laughs> I will. What else were you I, will say, say, I, I will say, Andrew, what I said to you on on the phone yesterday that. I would tell Sam Presti, I would go back to 2007, and I would tell Sam Presti, hey, Sam, that high top fade is going to look really good on you. Put that in there. Right <laughs> Just get that done with right now. Your, Your weekly haircuts are going to be worth it. You're about to be really stylish. Ooh, Ooh I, got a, I got another one. This actually, I just thought of this one. Can I say it? Yeah. Fire Scott Brooks after the 2011 finals. Or Dude, 2012 finals, 20, 2012 finals, and hired Brad Stevens. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good one. They thought about it. That's they thought really about one. it. Yep, I've got that on my list. Yeah, go back to 2012, and if you don't want to commit to Brooks because you're going to fire him eventually, make the change. The thing with Scott Brooks has always been really interesting because you know, for one, I mean, Presty didn't quote unquote hire Scott Brooks, right? I mean, so like he fired mm -hmm. PJ Carlissimo promoted Scott Brooks as an interim coach and then officially made him the head coach in the last uh, before the last game of the season against the Clippers. And they blew out the Clippers that night in the very first season. And it was almost kind of like, you know, the, the team kind of turned around and built this momentum behind Scott Brooks. And it was almost like Presti was like kind of handcuffed to like, well, I, I guess we got to keep Scott Brooks. You know, the team was showing positive signs of development. Like maybe Brooks will develop himself as a coach. And then the team kind of continued this upward trajectory. Like, right. So like, you know, then they go um, to the playoffs the next year. And then the Western conference, I was like, we all know what happened. So it's like Presti, I don't think ever was like, like committed, like Scott Brooks is my coach, but it was like, I, I guess he has to kind of be my coach because the team is like progressing under him to such a degree. And it would have been like an incredibly bold thing. John, you probably remember better than me. Um, did Brooks get it? an extension like was his contract up after the 2012 finals i can't remember when that was when his contract expired actually yeah uh, i i, I want to say they extended it before july when it would have expired uh, but it was after that after the finals it appearance, the finals. right it was yeah. after the finals right so you could um, just you didn't have to fire him so i guess right so right. you could have just let it expire but you know brad stevens was always on Presti's radar um and you know it would have been an incredibly bold move to make but, you know, Presti's not averse to bold moves. So I, I, I think that if, if Sam could go back, I think that's something that he would probably look at doing. Just knowing how, you know, the team kind of uh, stalled out under Brooks and there wasn't real progression there anymore. And I, I think that's something that, that uh, might have changed. What do you think about the people that are saying that if the Thunder would have just kept Scott Brooks, that they would have a title like this past year? I don't get that. What is that? What sense does that mean? I don't get like, it either. You know, that they would have won it with Durant? Like, first of all, Billy Donovan, what everybody universally agrees, that Billy Donovan was magnificent in last year's postseason mm -hmm. with the adjustments against San Antonio and the adjustments against the Warriors. I mean, it comes down to two critical facets. If, if Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook don't play terrible in the final six minutes of game six, and if Clay, Clay Thompson doesn't go supernova, Thunder might have a title. So like that's not that's not Scott Brooks, that's not Billy Donovan. Um I think I think the team showed clear signs of progression under Donovan that they they never really showed under Brooks. And I was always a Brooks supporter cuz I always saw the guy as a good coach, but I I understood the reasoning behind 
moving on from him because there was kind of a plateauing happening. I mean, the team was not really, they tried, they tried kind of a systematic change under Brooks. They, they wanted to do that. And, you know, a lot of injuries kind of beset some of that stuff, but like it never, it never really got through a lot of the things, a lot of the discipline, you know, Presti's always wanted the team to play more intelligently and those things just weren't happening under Brooks. And so they moved on. Can I give another? Yeah. No, no absolutely. No, hang up. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, give give Kevin Durant like tons of busy work and paperwork to do on the weekend of the 2016 Super Bowl. No, no photography. Just so, Sorry, Kevin. I know you wanted to go, but you have to do all of these yeah. like healthcare forms or else your healthcare is not going to go through for this year. Right. Sorry, <laughs> Kevin. T- TSA smashed your camera. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Pay the TSA worker to accidentally smash his camera. That was <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a lot of good what ifs with Durant just in terms of like his foot injury. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Could, what if that about like the way that they handled it? Um, I don't know that they would, you know, I think if you talk to people in the, in the Thunder organization, I, I think they'd probably say, well, we would have handled it exactly, you know, exactly the same way. No, no regrets on that. Um, but, you know, if they could have known that his foot was in that four percentile or whatever, that it, you know, the screw wasn't going to work, then they, they could have done the bone graft just from the very beginning. You know, that could have looked different. What if here's a niche one? Here's a niche one. What about uh, the Eric Bledsoe trade? That's a good one. The Eric Bledsoe because they they wouldn't have drafted they 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 would have drafted Avery Bradley with that pick. The Thunder would have. Yeah. If they kept the pick, they they were never planning on keeping the pick, but they they would have taken. I think it was Avery Bradley with that pick. Uh, not something that would have been really interesting because for all those years they didn't have a guy who could be three and D at the two spot, and uh, Avery Bradley kind of fits that. Uh, that would so have helped. Yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a yeah. niche one. I, I feel like it's it's unfair to choose a draft one though, because yeah. if there, there's one thing that Sam Presti where it's like that guy's resume is just pristine, because no one has a has a 1,000 batting average on right. draft stage. No one has anything even close to that. If you have a if if you get a half of the picks to where these guys are good players, especially when you're consistently picking in the late, you know, and you got a lot of picks in the 20s and and the teens and stuff with Reggie Jackson, Nabaka, and Robertson and. Uh, you know, Adam's late lottery and all that stuff. Like there are not that many success stories. So I feel like it is unfair to choose a, a draft one, but that, if you're going to, I feel like that's, that's a good one to do. But it's a, Here's time, another but one. you're hopping in a time machine though. And you get to go tell him this. That's, that's right. the deal. I would tell Sam Presti that when you relocate the team, when the team relocates from Seattle, you need to build an opera house so that you can sign. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in the maps project. <laughs> a certain out there happens to play on the West Coast now that Pau Gasol was the absolute key to winning the Thunder winning a championship. And when when Pau Gasol said no to the Thunder, it was like it was like this like ripple effect of not only did the team like not you know then have as good a chance to maybe win a championship that year, but then it was like this kind of you know clear and present. Uh, message to Durant to say free agents do not want to come play with me in Oklahoma City. There's nothing that I can do about it. Without like, you know, I think that there was some kind of like mirror looking that needed to go on with that. I think Gasol like, you know, maybe didn't want to play in the market of Oklahoma City, but like he just signed in San Antonio and I think that you can kind of read between the lines of like San Antonio fits Pau Gasol's basketball style a lot more than the Thunder did. I think Pau Gasol had some pretty uh, apparent concerns about whether or not he'd get the ball in Oklahoma City. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, if maybe had an opera house or like a couple like Broadway musicals on tour at the time, maybe you would have signed Pau Gasol. Maybe Kevin Durant would still be here. 
Could have brought the Lion King Which earlier. The other thing about Gasol, <laughs> yeah, like Gasol got more money going to Chicago. I mean, right. that that's a factor too. Yeah, Oklahoma right. City was limited unless unless they could talk the Lakers into a sign and trade involving Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> there and and from what I read at the time, like the Lakers had no interest in helping a Western Conference team. Um, yeah, Chicago used the amnesty on Carlos Boozer, fell under the cap, and were, was able to outbid Oklahoma City and San Antonio for Pau Gasol. So, I mean, that's that's one of those kind of underrated factors in there as well that, you know, he wasn't willing to take a pay cut to come, you know, be in Oklahoma or San Antonio at the time. And he just got a lot of money to go to San Antonio last year. Right. Those type of things don't, don't really resonate with, like, uh, a guy like Kevin Durant was like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't care. He just said no. He said no. Mike Miller said no. Darrell Wright said no. Nobody wants to come play here. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Morrow came to Oklahoma City. Yeah, Nadad Kerstich did, man. <laughs> Ron right. Butler, big big time names here. C.J. Miles could have. Yeah, he signed an offer sheet. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that Pagasol deal would have been really big because I think that he would have changed the way that Oklahoma City played with his passing mm-hmm. and his ability to score from anywhere. I think that that's when you could have seen, because then you have three guys that can play make on the floor at one time. I mean, that team would have been so good. He would have changed a lot. That would have been really good. Uh, a draft one for for me. This is this is my ultimate NBA draft one. Like the Rodney Hood one, I think is is very obvious. But this one in 2013, the Thunder had two picks, and they chose Stephen Adams and Andre Robertson. Great, but they could have had. A few picks later was Giannis, and then the pick after Robertson was Rudy Gobert. And if I could go back yeah. in time and tell Sam Presti, draft Giannis and Rudy Gobert, I mean, that team would be just so stupid. And but that's two things, though. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's, telling, that's telling him two things. I would, I would go back in time and tell Sam Presti to invest in Apple. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a long time ago. It's going to work out for you, Sam gonna work out for you okay couldn't you imagine that sam presti at like eight years old though was like probably talking like extremely eloquently about all of like the the best companies to invest in in the dow <laughs> was he, did he that story about him that came out recently makes me think no he's well I, i'm not using evidence to back this up okay <laughs> i don't need your facts. <laughs> i don't need your facts don't offend me with your snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, I can't believe that you haven't uh, used the, the Ronnie Price what if. I figured that'd be number one on your list here. Oh, I know. I can't even think. I, I'm done thinking yeah. about Samaj. I'm just finished. Sam, <laughs> don't, don't play Samaj in the preseason at all. He's going to play well. Right. Yeah, that was <laughs> weird. That's just such a – it's such a weird thing. And does anybody think he's going to – not be on the team next year because he's I think he's clearly going to be on the team right because I mean he's such a bargain (laughs) in terms of like what you're paying the guy yeah I mean he's going to be on the team yeah yeah it's it's been so it's been a wild ride for Samaj um what about also say uh, don't don't pay Kyle Singler oh yeah don't give him at least just don't give him five years Antonio have him yeah, let let Atlanta or San Antonio, the teams that were after him, let let them have Kyle Singler. Do you think Andrew? If I could go back, if I could go back and tell you one thing, it would be that Samaje Christian's going to be on the team this year. Just take it one game at a time. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. 
but that's not true. That would be you going back in time and telling me a lie because it's not. It was not okay. <laughs> How about this one? If we're going to go back and tell, tell Sam Press, this is actually a pretty good one, I think. just came to me. Uh, tell Russell Westbrook to tell, call his timeout in the backcourt uh, in, oh. uh, in the 2013 playoffs. Don't, don't go run up and call it at the sideline. Yeah. Don't let Pat, Patrick Beverly win into you. Beware of Patrick mm. Beverly. Oh, man. Yeah, that, or, that or sign so Patrick good. Beverly first. Yeah, yeah, do that. Yes. For more preventative. Hey, hey Sam, there's this prospect in Russia. <laughs> he would be so Here's great, a- too. He would be great as if he was Russell Westbrook's backup, like a long-term backup, because the Thunder haven't been able to find a long-term backup. He'd be incredible. And for some reason, he took a yeah. really low money deal from Houston. I still don't really get that because I feel like he he should have gotten a lot more. Yeah, and and that final year I think is non-guaranteed too. Yeah, that's what. Ugh, I'm so yeah. mad about that. The funny thing about that and 2013 like, Thunder team is that like they've kind of been mythologized in the same way that like we do with like our high school sporting achievements that like in another 15 years, everybody's going to talk about that 2013 Thunder team that they won 76 games and they were going to win the NBA title in a sweep. Like, I mean, they they won 60 games. They were like the best team in the NBA by most uh, by most standards. But like a lot of people just like have almost just penciled in like they would have won a title had that not happened to Russell Westbrook. It's like they just checked the box. That Kevin, would have happened. Kevin Martin would have a ring right now if not for Patrick Beverly. And Sheen the Beat would too, right? I think he was on that team. Uh, yeah. Yes, he was. The beat was yes, fun. Was. Uh, what he about was. this one? Sam, make the Brooke Lopez deal instead of the Cantor deal. Ooh, you like that better, though. Okay. I, I want to hear your reasoning. Uh, I think that Brooke Lopez can defend the rim decently. I think he's a better score. He already shoots threes and doesn't have to be a hypothetical three point shooter. Uh, and I, I really don't know how they would work the rotation. Like, does Brooke Lopez come in and start, and do you bring Steven Adams in off the bench? I don't really know how that works, but I think Brooke Lopez is a lot better than Cantor, and I think that he now, could have probably played a little here's bit Here's my more. question. How, how confident are you that you can re-sign Brooke Lopez at the end of the year, giving up everything? That well, that's what I was going to say. From I remember, like, in the in the middle of that, like when that was happening, um, that they they were after Lopez. Now, if you listen to Presti, he he would tell you now they're like, oh, we we were never we were we, Canner was always our guy, um, but they were after Lopez, and I think Lopez had a player option that summer, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Right, he was going to turn it down, and basically his agent had communicated to the Thunder that Lopez is going to turn down the player option and become a free agent and go somewhere else, because he didn't want to play in Oklahoma City. So, like, I think that uh, that kind of re- redirected the thunder to Canner. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. But if you can keep him around, I think that he. For what if? Yeah. Let's I go th- all in. I think that he helps a lot. And I. I what, if the thunder, what if the thunder were in Cleveland, Ohio? What if Oklahoma City was in Cleveland, Ohio, and they had LeBron James? <laughs> Relocate to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> be, be the second team in Cleveland. That's that's what you should do. And then, Just for like the when did, when was LeBron drafted? Like two thousand four, two thousand three, two thousand three. Yeah. yeah. So just relocate the franchise to Cleveland in two thousand three. Draft LeBron, <laughs> and then bring it to Oklahoma. <laughs> that's a, that's simple enough. 
Sam, yeah. Pre- Sam Presti should be able to make that happen when he was like 20 years old in 2003. Not bad. I would probably, uh, another one that I had on my list, I mean, we, we talked a lot about Mitch McGarry, obviously, but I would go back to July 2012 and, and just say, beware of Jeremy Lamb and Mitch McGarry. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I would say. Play Jeremy Lamb over Karan Butler. <clears throat> well, that too. That too. Like, you think that would have made a difference a, in his career? I, I think it maybe might have. I mean, I think that the Thunder absolutely just completely ruined Jeremy Lamb. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, you'd see three great games from the guy, and then it's like he'd play. He'd have like one, like two of seven shooting game, and it was like all of a sudden he's on the end of the bench again. I don't. They just they didn't believe in him at all. If we're if we're doing draft ones though, would anybody dare go so far to say draft Steph Curry over James Harden? Yes. No. Yes. Uh, see here, I, I wanted the Thunder to draft Steph Curry in 2009, so I feel compelled to say yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was all aboard the Harden train that, that year. I was like, I was like, man, Harden is like the fit. They need a two guard so desperately bad, like draft Harden. Because I, I was pretty like into like you know a lot of people were um, pushing for Rubio, and they were like, move Westbrook off the ball, draft Rubio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was all about Westbrook as a point guard. So like, I didn't really love that idea and I didn't like drafting Curry so much because I was like, you know, that means that Westbrook probably would move off the ball. I don't see how those two guys necessarily would coexist. Um, but if I, if I think if I could go back and do it all over again, especially, you know, knowing what happened with Curry's, you know, career trajectory and the ankle issues and the contract he signed as a result of it, having Steph Curry instead of James Harden would have worked out quite well for the Thunder. Okay. But here's, here's my follow-up though. Would, would Russell Westbrook and or Stephen Curry have developed the same way if they were in that situation where they couldn't dominate the ball to the degree and with the way that they actually did? Because, like, so no. much of Stephen Curry's development and becoming the player that he is, and people knock Mark Jackson, and rightfully so, for a lot of the stuff that he did when he was at Golden State. But one of the stuff, that, one of the things that he did really well was he just gave the keys to Steph Curry, and he said, yeah, you can... And, and people joke about how, like, he's he's made those comments about how, like, Steph Curry is is ruining the game or whatever. But, like, he was the one who started allowing Curry to take those ridiculous shots. And he's the one who started allowing Curry to to dominate in the style that he does. Because with Curry, nobody has done that before. And Scott Brooks is, was one of his best traits as a coach was allowing players to kind of be who they are. So right. I, I think Brooks might have taken a similar approach. But when you've got him on the floor and you've got Durant on the floor and you've got Westbrook on the floor, I just... I'm not convinced that those guys would have all developed and complemented each other the same ways. And if the compliments aren't necessarily there, then maybe the development is neither. Maybe they're different types of players. It's the same thing that happened with Westbrook and Durant after they traded Harden anyway. I mean, like, you know, Westbrook, especially Durant, Durant became a much better playmaker um, and handler of the basketball after they got rid of Harden because, you know, the Thunder were famously last in assists uh, that season, the last season with Harden. And I mean, Harden himself obviously blossomed, but Westbrook did as a playmaker and as a point guard and kind of as a floor general. Durant got better. So, I mean, you know, in some ways, less is more. Would the Thunder have been a better team over the long term with Harden if Harden was all in and committed and wanted to be part of the team? Of course, you can't ignore talent. But like just in terms of individual players, I think all of them got better by, you know, taking taking something away. What about just letting Harden? uh, Go ahead. uh, I was going to say take a page from from Darnell Mayberry brought this up recently what if assuming there was actually a decision to be made 
um, the Thunder had had decided to trade Russell Westbrook instead of James Harden. Wouldn't have I wouldn't have done it. No no chance. I, I have a hard time convincing myself that it would be the right thing to do. You would the thing is though that you would get a lot more for Russell Westbrook at the time than you could for Harden. At the time, yes, absolutely. That is a good point. But so, they got a lot for James Harden. I mean, like if you go like what they got at that time, I keep saying it's very comparable to like the Chris Webber trade. Now, the the end result, you know, maybe hasn't turned out to be so fantastic, but at the time, you got essentially yeah, three first round picks and a very high second round pick. If you go back and look at like the reviews of the trade at the time, everybody was there was it was I would say more people leaned towards saying they were confused or like, man, the Thunder might have should have held on. But they, just evaluating the trade, most people looked at it as, yeah, the Thunder kind of won that trade for what they got back. You know, I always reference a Zach Lowe article. This was when Zach was still writing for Sports Illustrated. And he kind of like said, like, if the Thunder, he wrote it in like July or something or August. And he was like, if the Thunder have to trade James Harden, here are like six deals um, that could look good. And, and he actually had the Rockets deal in there, or like, or kind of the, the general parameters of it. And if you go look at some of those trades that were like listed out there by Zach, and some of those were informed, some of those were just his opinion, though, um, people would be like, wait, like, that's all they were going to get for James Harden? Because everybody's, you know, completely been gifted by hindsight to see how magnificent a player Harden has become. At the time, Harden was, for the most part, kind of a train wreck in the postseason, really bad in the finals. Mm-hmm. And and people were seriously skeptical about him as a lead man. And to the Rockets' credit, Daryl Morey's credit, Harden clearly was ready to take that on. But, if you know, but that's that's the gift of hindsight. You can't know that sort of stuff at the time. But wouldn't you? Yeah, How do we end up talking about the Harden trade? Why does it always happen? <laughs> it's the big. It's the biggest what if, right? It's one of the biggest what ifs for the Thunder. I mean, I, I don't know that you can. You can't leave it out. Let's just make it the title of our podcast: the Harden James trade. Harden trade. <laughs> Should the Thunder have traded James Harden? Oh man. Well, okay. How about this for the what if? If we're gonna like just what if the Harden trade? Mm-hmm. What if the Thunder had played out the season? And waiting. Yep. That's that's a lot of people. That's Bill Simmons' big criticism. That's a lot of people's big like kind of like hedging their bets of like, okay, they didn't have to trade him before the year. So what if that? Okay. So then potentially, potentially you have a Reggie Jackson situation on your hands. Potentially, or he gains more value as the season goes along. And if you still need to trade him, then you could get more back. But there was a lot of value, like when they traded him when they did, because Houston, like they wanted to lock him up for on that um, on that five year extension. Right. Right. Like, so he would have been a restricted free agent. Right. In the summer. And I mean, you yes, you do have the right to match. Yes, you can resign your own restricted free agent for five years. But there's also, you know, we saw the Chandler Parsons contract. Uh, you know, two years plus a player option mm-hmm. that really puts a team in a corner. So, like, there there are some teams can can throw signing bonuses and trade kickers and mm-hmm. a number of things into a contract to make it not the contract you want. So, like, there's – well, I mean, look at Ennis Cantor in Portland, for crying out loud. So, there are some drawbacks. Yeah. Do, okay. So, do you think that things would have been bad – had the Thunder just carried him into restricted free agency, matched whatever offer they got, do you think that things would have gotten bad for the Thunder? Because I think that's another big what if. Is like, 
well, he's restricted. You have control over his contracts. And Presley's always talking about controllable contracts, and he had one in James Harden. So, like, what's what would well, be the real harm I mean, in that? Are you talking about like in terms of the finances, or I'm I'm just or talking just in terms of team chemistry. Team chemistry is what I'm talking about because we know that the finances would have worked out. Worked out. I personally think it would have probably worked out fine between them. I mean, I know that Harden, you know, if you, it depends on kind of who you're listening to with this whole thing. But, um, you know, a lot of people would say that Harden wanted out. He desperately wanted out. He wanted to go be a player, uh, max player some, somewhere else. A lot, some people will tell you he just wanted to get paid. He just wanted his money. He wanted to get what he felt like was his his value. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't necessarily think it would have gotten bad, bad. I think that especially Durant and Harden had a strong enough relationship at the time that I think that it would have prevented that to some degree where it would have, like, the locker room wouldn't have gone a total. Like, Reggie Jackson had a personality that just, like, just didn't gel with those guys. And, like, he, he had a mindset. I think, you know, Jackson had a mindset of, I'm better than Russell Westbrook. You know, that's how Reggie Jackson was like sitting there thinking like, uh-huh. how dare I'm up this guy? I'm better than Russell. And I don't think Harden ever had that kind of mentality. I think Harden thought like I could be my own man on my own team, but I'm happy to play the role that I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm done talking about that now. It's making me too sad. Um, well, here's a, here's a, uh, here's a um, uh, relevant. What if that I've heard a lot of people say, what if the thunder hadn't, signed Victor Oladipo and Steven Adams to extensions, where would they be right now? Because I've heard that criticism from a lot of people. Don't you think that both those guys would get max offers? Here's the answer. They'd be screwed right now. Yeah, they would be. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who else is out there? Both those guys would probably go sign four-year deals with an, a player option on the end of it, mm-hmm. and like uh, somebody kind of told me in the league the other day, like don't you don't you think the Utah Jazz would love to go back a couple of years oh, and yeah. just sign Gordon Hayward to that extension? Just yeah. sign up to it, give him his max money, because now look what happened. Like that's that's the value in just re-signing your players when you can do it, mm-hmm. is you sign them and then you figure it out. And so, like, yeah, both both Oladipo and Adams probably would have gotten more money in this market. Their cap holds would have present, prevented the Thunder from being players in, in uh, free agency anyway. So then you have to renounce them. So if you renounce them, you don't have their bird rights anymore. So, like, if you're the type of person out there right now that is, is what-ifing that, then you're just a complete idiot. Like, you just don't <laughs> understand the parameters of the salary cap. You don't understand the situation. If you are wondering why the Thunder did that that move, it made all the sense in the world to do it. Don't what if that. And it also is contingent on this. Some free agent calling up the Thunder and saying, we'd like to come play there. It, you can't <laughs> just make that assumption. Is that a plan for to say, like, I think we're probably just going to hope that, like, Gordon Hayward or Blake Griffin just, like, wants to come play for the Thunder. Like, just resign your 24-year-old players when you can. Right. And so, like, Contavious Caldwell Pope is supposedly going to get a max offer. Like, how far – I think that people yeah. would then talk themselves into Victor Oladipo. Like, if the Nets – made that offer, Pistons match, and they're like, okay, well, how far away is Victor Oladipo from being as good as KCP? Or we might even like him more because we like his skill set more. I think think Oladipo's better than him personally. Fred, you and I talk to um, people who who think like this, so tell Royce how he's all wrong. Oh, (laughs) You know what's the best part? You know the best part of, uh, of the NBA season being over, John? What's that? that I uh, that I I don't have to go on the radio four days a week and get asked about uh, this. 
like this <laughs> or things of this matter where yeah. where 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 one of uh where one of your colleagues asked me once about the extensions and then when i said like what basically made the argument Royce did so like so what's what is the argument and the and and he proposed the thunder should just not extend them with the intention of letting them walk for nothing and then when I asked why you would want a starter to walk for nothing, let alone two starters to walk for nothing, the answer was because then you can rebuild without that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my brain hurts. Rebuild. Well, you're gonna yes. have to rebuild. You're, well, you're gonna have to rebuild without them if you let everybody walk. You know what? Maybe the franchise can rebuild without you. That's that should have been. <laughs> That should have been my response. That should have been your... That would have been a killer. <laughs> That's like oh, man. My response. And here's the here's the thing. Now that they are signed... And again, we agree these guys would probably get the same, if not more, money going into this summer. If something falls in the Thunder's lap, it is so much easier to work a trade now if they need to include Oladipo or Adams. You Absolutely. You don't have to mess with this base year compensation crap that complicates trades. They're already locked up. You know, the contract's already done for four years. There's there's no squirreliness in there. Um, yeah, they're in much better position to potentially move those players if the right situation came up. Yeah, I, I mean, that that's that's what I think people – like, you, you cannot just, like, snapshot a night-to-night thing on, like – with this sort of stuff, you have to, I mean, in, in Presti or any front office exec, executive's position, you have to like play out the long game of like your options and like weigh uh, each and every option. Um, here's another what if, like, but honestly, like a, a like a opposite what if, like what if Sam Presti had not traded Serge Ibaka? Like, at, because Oof. that, that would have been, that would be big problems. <laughs> like, like that would be a a what if on like what's where you go back and whisper in Sam's ear and you say good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did some things correctly in the future, Sam. That was a good one. <laughs> well, then if, if he if he didn't trade Ibaka, then he would have wound up with Terrence Ross and a first round pick at the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I that, guess. That, <laughs> yeah, that, maybe yeah. that trade. That trade was really really good. What? Where are you guys on Sabonis? Because I'm still really high on him. I still think that he could he be a, a starting caliber four. And if he's not a four, like a full-time four, like he is an incredible backup five. And I would like to see them play him kind of if they if they trade in his canter. I'd like to see them play him in that like in his canter, throw it down to him in the post or the mid post or something like that and see him make passes out of the post. Because unlike canter, Sabonis can actually pass. Because I'm still not mm-hmm. convinced that Cantor can actually pass. But uh, where where are you guys on Sabonis? I'm high on him personally. I, I think I think he's got a ton of skill. Um, you know, as as Fred would tell you, like I think that Sabonis has some. Uh, I don't know what we what would you call it, Fred? Maybe mental barriers to, to overcome. <laughs> I don't. Know. Sure, let's call it that. Uh, I mean, I I think that I think he struggles with some confidence at times. But um, I think that he's got a ton of skill. I think where Sabonis is going to get get caught a little bit is kind of like what you referenced, Andrew. I think that between the four and the five about – especially with what, the way I think that Billy Donovan is going to want to take the team and the direction he's going to want to take the team, you know, I think Sabonis is, you know, 
Donovan's kind of talked about how, you know, the stretch forward in the NBA is, you know, that's, that's not a trend anymore. That's just a reality. The next trend is going to be the stretch five. And I think that that might be kind of where Sabonis needs to, to fall into to be really successful. What are your thoughts on Sabonis? I, I was Cats? impressed with them. Uh... No, go ahead. Go ahead, Em. I'll cut in after. Uh, yeah, just d- defensively. I mean, I saw some nice stuff out of him that you normally don't see out of a rookie. So I think that's that was fairly encouraging. Um, offensively, you, you kind of see maybe the idea. And, and I, I, I kept in mind, like, this is a 20-year-old kid who was playing center for Gonzaga mm-hmm. a year ago. So, you know, it, it would be fairly unrealistic to expect him to just, you know, naturally come into the NBA position change and play on the perimeter with, with a great deal of success. But I understand skepticism, especially if you, if you're really honed in on numbers and you start looking at, you know, some of the advanced stuff on Sabonis, I can understand some of the skepticism, but I think we agree. He, there's a lot of things that pass the eye test with him. I think yeah. he's going to be a quality player, but I struggle to see how he's going to be a consistent starter unless he's being used in a really, really specific way. And the reason why is because he's going to be super easy to guard every time he has the ball for more than half a second because he plays with a hand behind his back. Like, does yeah. he, he doesn't even use his right hand. I mean, and, and it's so unbelievably exaggerated that, like, I struggle to see how it can become even you know, a, a slightly below average weapon to where he's just able to finish in traffic with his right hand because he, he wouldn't even attempt to use it this year. And maybe it's just a confidence thing that builds and it gets better. But if you can only go one direction, you better be unbelievable in that. Like you better be Harry Styles in that one direction. And that's, <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, and that's it. Uh, it's like, no. what annoys me so much, Fred, is that that came to you on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just randomly ran into your brain and like instead of like I, I, I almost wish you had just like a list of like stupid things you were gonna say. <laughs> just, because just I like, go, you know why, Royce? Because I go multiple directions. <laughs> but if you're only gonna go if you're only gonna go in one direction, you're gonna be super easy to guard. And and I think he's a pretty good passer, but he only passes with his left hand. And and I think he is probably going to move well off the ball. And if he can be a 35% three-point shooter, which I think is a plus possibility, and I know the Thunder think that's that's realistic for, for him moving forward. And he's only 21, so there are things he can develop. And I think he can be a, a nice off-ball guy and a good movement guy and a good pick-and-roll guy, and I think he'll be able to pass out of pick-and-rolls. And I think he'll probably be a decent team defender because we saw some some good examples of that being a possibility this year. And I think he'll be a nice contributor as like a third big man but if, if he can't develop anything with the right hand, he's just, as soon as he touches the ball for more than a half a second, he's going to be really predictable and he's going to be easy to guard and it's going to stall offenses and cause turnovers and cause missed shots and all that stuff. And uh, so I, I, I think there might be a ceiling on him if he can't get past that, that left hand thing. But, you know, uh, Thad Young can't do anything with his right hand and, and he's pretty good. So maybe, maybe he's like, uh, maybe he's Thaddeus Young. Which isn't bad. But I think no, that, no, I, I think he can develop it. Really I think he can develop his I, his offhand. If you were like gonna dream, Andrew, that's that's based only on your hope, though. We've seen no actual evidence I've, that he can develop. He his he used his right hand mid season. He used his right hand in game more more than I thought he would. I remember a few even, plays. Even in practice, you see them a few plays. I remember like one practice. <laughs> Come on, 
Rice, no. Remember him dribbling once with his right hand? I think he gave a high five with his right hand once. (laughs) (laughs) He is is a very hard worker, and I think that that goes in his favor as well. And the offhand is something that people can develop, that players can develop. This isn't like his, like, shot is, like, completely jacked up, and they're like, well, we're trying to rework his shot. Like, this this is something that actually players do develop over the course of an NBA career. But, like, it's... It's one of the more fixable things. Not saying that he's for sure going to do it, but I think that it's more likely than like Robertson being able to hit three pointers. Right. I mean, if you, but like, I think I made I made this point to you once, Fred, and you just like just about spit in my face. But like, I was saying, if you could, if you could just like, if you were a Thunder fan and you or Sam Presti or whoever, and you were going to like just dream of Demonis Sabonis like reaching his ultimate potential, and I'm not saying he would be even be as good as this player, and I'm probably lefty stereotyping here, but like. Like, what if he was, like, kind of like Chris Bosh? You know, like, kind of like he could shoot threes, he could play in the pick and pop, he could play some decent decent pick and roll defense. I mean, there's a lot of things that could get, like, that are contingent upon that. And I'm not saying that Demonis Sabonis has the potential of Chris Bosh. But, like, a poor man's Chris Bosh would be a really – I guess that might be Thaddeus Young then, right? (laughs) I guess – is Thaddeus Young a poor man's Chris Bosh? I don't know if that – I don't know if he, he actually qualifies. I just wonder if he's more of a center. Than he is. That's what I think. I think that I think with way Billy Donovan might want to play over time, I think Sabonis might end up playing more more five than he does four. What do you think about just be- starting Jeremy Grant at the four for this team next year? If they don't get a free agent, Todd Gibson's gone. Um, what do you think about just sliding Jeremy Grant in at the four? I like that. I think I like that better personally, but. Um, but then again, I, I, I mean, I see I see the downsides to doing that. Uh, but I, I think that Grant showed that he, you know, he shoots it well from the corners. And I think he'll probably be a little better this year than he was last year. Uh, I, you know, I think Jeremy Grant is like, you know, he's a really nice weak side help rim protector, but he's really not a, like a great defender. Like overall, I think like in terms of the team scheme, he's got some, he's got some improving to do there. So I don't know how, how you'd feel about playing him, you know, consistently 25 minutes a night, but uh, I, I would probably lean going that direction over unless the bonus takes, you know, a, a positive step forward. I, I think that uh, I'd probably lean towards starting Grant over Sabonis coming into the season. Yeah. I mean, he uh, Grant's not a good rebounder. He's, he's not a passer. He does some, he does some nice things, but I, I, I see the idea of that. And assuming like, you know, assuming Cantor is moved and then making Sabonis that put him in that Cantor role potentially, um, yeah, like you say, there's there, there's there's some ideas that are intriguing, but there's some drawbacks too that I just kind of I, I just wonder about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to overrating Sabonis after summer league. I think that's gonna be oh, yeah. fun. Kind of and so much. Yeah. And, and seems no. like Royce is one step ahead of you. <laughs> I bet every qualifier I possibly could on that. <laughs> He's changing his jersey to number four. Speaking in terms of like what he could kind of provide. <laughs> He's getting his neck elongated. If you somehow miss that, Chris Bosch. If you miss that portion of the pod, Royce claims that Sabonis is Chris Bosch reincarnated. Yeah. That's what happens. I mean, that, seriously, like you can try, you can try so hard, and then it'll be like, man, did you hear that uh, Royce Young compared the bonus bonus to Chris Bosh? <laughs> no. Actually, that's what happened. It was Chris Bosh actually could play, but he was thunderstruck by Sabonis and is now 
that. That's why yeah. he can't. I actually compared. I actually compared Chris Boss to Demonis Sabonis. You know, <laughs> actually, I think <laughs> if Chris Boss can work on a few things. Maybe he might get to Sabonis' level. Can we answer quickly uh, why the Thunder will never have Chris Bosch? Because people continually ask me about that. Because I don't know that Chris Bosch will ever play again. <laughs> yeah. First of all, <laughs> yeah, <he's, laughs> I, I don't. I don't know if another team doctor in the NBA is going to sign their name on a document and clear him to play. Certainly not the Thunder's yeah. team doctor. I mean, the, the Heat, the Heat. You know, I I don't know all the inner workings of what happened with Riley and Bosch there, but and and Miami's team doctors. But I, I mean, I think the Heat didn't weren't sitting there and weren't like actively wanting Chris Bosch to like not play. I think that they would have, you know, probably liked to have had him at some point and. Um, you know, I think in some ways it probably did kind of benefit them to, you know, if they could try to, after they lost Wade and everything was changing for them, if they could like, well, if we could find a way to remove his number from our cap sheet here. But then again, like, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't the healthy Chris Bosch as a trade chip been better for you in terms of building your franchise? So I don't think the Heat were playing some sort of like weird game. You know, there were some tensions there, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that, you know, an independent team, you know, an independent doctor, a team doctor, whoever, it, there's a risk there in signing Bosch, and I don't know that I don't know I don't know that he's ever going to play again. That's sad, but yeah, I, I agree. Uh, anything what a likable guy, though. What a likable guy, Chris Bosch. Yeah, absolutely. One of the one of the best best people to talk to in the entire NBA. One of the most thoughtful, introspective players I've, I've ever been around. <clears throat> Besides, he'll get medically cleared and play with the Warriors. That's just how it's going to work. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah, their doctors are clear. That's right. <laughs> any other what ifs or any like closing thoughts on these what ifs? Yeah, what if what if uh, the Thunder hadn't hit so much on Demontis Sabonis, who's going to be the next Chris Bosh? <laughs> <laughs> what if they hadn't had the foresight to see who would be the next Chris Bosh? That's great scouting, wasn't it? Screwed. Amazing. What if you could go back in time and say, "Don't trade Ersan Ilyasova." You don't understand. He's going to be the oh, key man. to this season. You're right. You're right. That was a big which, mistake. Which, which GM? Which GM are you talking to? Which of the five GMs <laughs> for the last two years? Milwaukee's or Detroit's or Orlando's or Philadelphia's? Or, I, I, I don't know. Take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I mean, the rental so would be a really good nickname for us on Elias. The rental. <laughs> <laughs> or like you can like take it one further. You can name him like Avis. <laughs> oh boy, that's great. Be a good nickname. I'm gonna start calling him Avis. Hurts, hurts, Iliasova. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's all we've got. Great pod, man. Woo!